play. play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. Hey, welcome to the show. This is episode number 12, and this is going to be the last episode we put to air before the draft happens in a couple of days, just here on the weekend. Firstly, I wanted to thank everybody for all the participation I've had with this show, whether you've been involved in creating content or whether you've just tuned into a couple episodes along the way, or even if you've been here for the whole ride and listened to all of them and some of them more than once. It's been a cool little experiment and it's been nice to dust off that little part of my brain that uh, I hadn't realized how much I'd missed doing a bit of broadcasting, so that's been a bit of fun. And now as we go into the season, hopefully we can still just get some quick shots of content from people around the league and a couple of quick reviews in as the season goes by to try and keep our podcast coming out semi-regularly. And if there's anything you'd like to contribute, can you please send me a message on Messenger and we can can work out how to do that really, really quickly. Uh, and so we can have more voices on the podcast. We've had seven voices on the podcast too, including the mock draft with James Davis, which is available on that second thread, the interview with Jackal Taylor, who did the long interview and then has provided plenty of content since. And then also we've had Mark, the defending champion, Adam with the big opinions and Tony with all the chaos. It's been really, really great to have all these voices on the podcast with obviously me and hopefully there'll be more opportunities to get some podcast episodes out as the season rolls on. I am hopeful that there will be opportunities for us to put out a few more episodes. In the meantime though, good luck with the draft and enjoy this episode with Taylor. This is the intern junior vice president of Squazamangas TC and you're listening to the Astros Fantasy Podcast with Maddie C. All right, let's get into the uh, the football end of it, and I think we'll kick off with... We've been talking in that last episode around your wide receivers. Our last time we talked, we talked wide receivers and wide receiver depth, and I wanted to take you to task a bit on Scary Terry. You were saying that uh, you, you see value in him, and I gave you my list of terrible wide receivers who you were uh, not so impressed with my comparisons, but I thought we should probably plan our flags and take a side each year. If we've got him at number, did you say 23, wasn't it? Recorded, he was 23. There's obviously a lot of other smarter people out there that have dropped his uh, ADP a little bit and have got on board the uh, Taylor, oh, the, uh, Taylor wide receiver rankings, obviously. And I think he's gone about 2021. Matty, we're both salesmen, so we're obviously going to um, <laughs> we're both going to work on our own number. Um, Plant you know, your flag, mate. Board. Make a statement. Let's let's go and even right on 20. Top 20. All right. So here's our yeah. line. We're saying. Water bet is on. We get the Wheel of Water wrap up. I'll give you I'll give you 20. Yeah, let's put the line at 20 and a half, and I'll give you the 20. 20 and a half. And then if it's 21, I, I win. And we're water betting this sucker, right? We're going to do what Mark and I did a couple of years ago. We get the Wheel of Water app up, and we record whoever gets the win, dunking the other with the cup of water in whatever fashion the app gives us, yeah? We're going to do that whole thing, because, I mean, it'll be January before we know, so it's going to be 38 degrees every day, and a, a cup of water is actually going to kind of be a, a bit of a gift. Well, mate, that sounds terrific to me. Uh, so 20's the line, right? I'm saying, planning the flag. Terry McLaurin, I'm going to put my hand over my heart. Terry McLaurin will not be a top 20 wide receiver in Astro League scoring. Sounds good to me, mate. Sounds good. Right. Right. Yeah, you're going to die on this hill or I'm going to die not on the hill. We'll see. <laughs> all right, now we've got that all sorted and we've got all the dust settled there. The boxing gloves are, uh, can be laid aside. Uh, man, I... 
was really, really looking forward to presenting some of the mock draft stuff that we did in the last conversation. But then, uh, just upon going back over the the record, it just it blanked out, and we missed a whole bunch of the the record. So we just thought it would be a good opportunity to get back together and and rip through a mock draft using a strategy you've already predetermined, and and talking about the decision points we've got each round, given a, a very certain strategy in the early rounds. Yeah, that was a wonderful uh, two and a half hour podcast I think we had. All, all these sections that we're getting one at a time were actually all at once and then got the uh, message from you last night that uh, all the uh, data from the mock draft sort of shit itself. So yeah, I thought this was a good opportunity for us to catch up again and uh, run through. But basically, after talking about wide receiver depth, I thought we could go into this mock draft knowing that we can throw it away at the end and not have to worry about it, yep. going a running back, running back first two rounds, just basically guaranteed. Well, I'm more than happy to still sort of mention what we think we might do if we weren't, you know, having to do running back, running back, you yep. know, if there's a wide receiver we want to talk about, blah, blah, blah. But I just thought for the fact that we've just gone through some wide receiver depth, we might go early running backs in the first two rounds and just see where we go from there. Yeah, I think that's great. You've got this wonderful idea of, hey, look, if you can get really good strength, what we would consider maybe wide receiver twos in our league in at draft value, and you could be happy to roll through the season with them as your one and two, even though they're, you're drafting them as essentially twos. Um, let's put it to the test. Let's see if that conversation really can bear some fruit. And what, where are we picking? What slot have we got in this draft t- room, Taylor? Yeah, so I've set up the Astro League parameters, so 16 teams, pretty standard, one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, one flex, one defense, one kicker, and then I've gone with four bench, so that's yeah. obviously what we do, to obviously keep waivers not too ridiculously bad, to have a little bit of a smaller bench. Uh, I've just decided to draft from seven, okay. so it's pretty much it's basically right in the middle, you're basically getting the same wait time. Uh, each round, so I thought we'd just go for the middle. I've, I've done a few myself going from 14 because I know that's what's going to happen to me and Astro. Yeah. It'll be a little bit different from that, but I thought we'd just go from seven today just for shits and gigs. Yeah, why not, man? And I guess for those playing at home, it would be Kenny's pick in our draft, number seven, in the round going up. And then um, on the way back, we'd be just drafting from the slot that Kenny will be filling in our draft room. But, uh, man, I'm ready to pull the trigger. Let's hit this sucker. That's it, mate. We're on. The guy that I've always looked at to hope to get at seven fell just before us, and that's Delvin Cook. Oh. Um, the only thing I will say is if we did get Delvin Cook, I was going to have to go into a whole spiel about when you get Alexander Madison. Yeah, so, uh, actually, is it okay what? if I just break in real quick and just describe for those who aren't familiar yeah. with handcuff theory? Where you've got a shared backfield, not important, because if people are getting closer to 50% of the share each or it's closer to a 60-40 split, both backs have value and you can draft the second back higher. Where it's a bit more of a one-guy-is-the-guy kind of backfield and the share is closer to 70-30, and that backup or a guy on the bench has the possibility to take over the 70% guy's total role, yeah, that is what we would consider to be someone who you might want to handcuff to your high pick. So I guess, for instance, one of the big obvious ones here we're talking about is Dalvin Cook. But for another example, you might look at Ezekiel Elliott over at the Cowboys. He is on the field every down. He comes off when he's a little bit tired. There's really very few situations where he won't be on the field. And the smart thing to do if you've spent a top five pick on Ezekiel Elliott is to then not lose all that production if he were to be injured, suspended, or just for whatever reason not on the field. You want to go and pick up Tony Pollard, who has shown he will take up that role when Zeke isn't around. And it might cost you a 10th round pick to do it, an 8th round pick to do it, 
but then you keep all that value of having drafted Ezekiel Elliott instead of seeing some other team get those points. Is that a pretty good summation? Yeah, but yeah, definitely. It's and the good thing is if someone else hasn't taken Cook, their reason to take Madison is a very high. So you're going to get him pretty low. You know, you're going to get him relatively late because there's not really too much of a reason to take Madison or Pollard if you don't have Cook or um, or Zeke already. So you can actually get them quite low. I think that is your marker too, is you can't start Madison any week of the year where Dalvin Cook isn't hurt or missing or suspended. Like, he has no value until Cook's hurt. So I think that's your the determination between who's a guy in a split backfield and who's a handcuff. 100%. So who's left for us? And the top running back at the moment is Derek Henry. Whoa. I'll run through some other guys because I actually have a couple of guys who I'd probably take ahead of Henry. Like I said, I don't have too much bias on Henry. I just worry about him in terms of his uh, reception work. I don't yep. think he. I don't see a pathway where they're going to use him there anymore. They've got Darrington Evans as a uh, rookie who's sort of going to take that third down passing role, I believe. I don't see a pathway too much to Derrick Henry changing his role from last year. Uh, I know that role is a beast. I'm not. I'm not trying to talk anyone down at Derrick Henry. The guy is a weapon, and he's going to probably have 14, 1,500 yards again on the ground. I, I don't worry about that. I just worry if they're not as efficient on the ground or anywhere in the red zone as, as last year, there's not going to be the touchdowns that he got last year. I, I can't remember what the rate was, but the Titans were absurd in the red zone. I, I'm looking at guys like... So Joe Mixon's right underneath him. Yep. Um, I'm pretty big on him this year. He showed in the last five, six weeks last year what he can do. Sanders, I'm sorry, I don't want to talk too long on these guys, but I figure we're going to talk more about the first-rounders than the other guys later. Sanders is a really good pick to me too. They haven't shown a need to have a one workhorse back in Philadelphia for a while, but I think this is the year. I, I don't see Boston Scott taking too much time off Sanders. I, I can't go away from Edwards away, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, my high train talk earlier, I think seven isn't a bad spot for him. I know some uh, different drafts are taking him later. Some are taking him earlier. I just can't go away from that Kansas City backfield. That, that team is going to score 30, 40 points every game. He's going to reap the benefits. There really isn't a guy behind him, even though he's a rookie. And don't get me wrong, I'm still putting a rookie tag on him. I understand there might be a slight uh, setback with him being a rookie that they will give other guys a go, but he is the clear-cut one there, and um, that's probably who I'd be going. Yeah, and I'm going to make my comments on this one really quick because I think Mixon and Hilaire there are the only two guys in that list who, for me, are in what I'd consider my second tier of guys. And my second tier is Kamara, Cook, Mixon, Chubb, and Edwards Hilaire. Um, guys like Henry and, and Miles Sanders drop into my next tier or, or lower. I'm not big on Sanders at all just because of the way Philadelphia have utilized running backs in the past. So I'm just, I, people will buy the hype on Miles Sanders from his five good games in a row last year when everyone else was dead, and I'm not buying it. But look, I would absolutely support taking Edwards Alaire here. Absolutely. One thing I'll put on Sanders too is they released an injury report this morning uh, saying that he's day to day. I think we'll just go with Edwards Alaire here and uh, see what happens next.
Pull that trigger, brother. Who's up in our next uh, decision-making party? Because what the, the goal here is we're going to really try and lean on the running back and take the running back so we can test out this wide receiver theory. But let's talk about what wide receivers there anyway, just real briefly too. So we're looking at our top uh, running backs right now. Eckler, you and I probably oh. could go into that a bit more. We, we both aren't too big a fan on him. He's Miles Sanders um, in a different jersey to me. Gosh, I just do not trust him. Yeah, keep rolling. <laughs> Yeah, I think you've got to have a really big feeling to reach for a guy who's further down where you know, hey, look, if there's a great likelihood, he could be around abouts when I come back around. But, gee, in that bunch of running backs, yeah, I don't have a lot of trust in Le'Veon Bell. I don't have a lot of trust in guys like Melvin Gordon or James Conner. They're sort of they're guys that I might have to live with, if, depending on how the draft breaks. But, gee, if I was in a position like this where I, I knew I needed to get another running back and the wide receivers just weren't there for me, I would probably put my faith in Todd Gurley over Chris Carson. No, I'm, I'm OK with Gurley. It, it's more just, um, you know, those worries about his knees and stuff like that. But I think they've got him for a reason. If his knee was completely shot, they would have found it in their medical. So this is where it gets interesting, and I know we've talked about this before. When you've gone running back, running back, what you do in that third position, because the obvious choice would be a wide receiver... Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson have fallen to us again. Ooh. Um, so, and they're guys that I legitimately was contemplating as my RB2. So I'll just let you know who's left at RB. It's yep. Melvin Gordon, then it's Le'Veon, David Johnson, Mark Ingram. As wide receiver, though, Amari Cooper fell again. I was looking at him even before as well. I, I feel like he's a good take. You've got AJ Brown, obviously the Titans. So this is, this is why I wanted to you know, earmark the wide receiver depth because we've just taken running back, running back in a 16-team league and we're staring down Cooper, Brown, Ridley, Lockett, Shark, McLaurin, Sutton, all these guys that Honestly, I wouldn't mind having as my wide receiver one anyway. Yeah, so I guess at this point, just hearing that list of receivers, the one who jumps off the page to me for comfort is Calvin Ridley. I know he's the number two on his team, but having got Gurley now, I don't like to stack two guys who both are going to be receiving the ball from the same player in the same offense. Yep. Like, I, I really prefer to try and diversify my assets. So if I'm going to stack, I don't mind stacking a QB and a kicker or a QB with a running back or a QB with a wide receiver because they've got different ways to score on the same drive. But a running back and a wide receiver can't both score on the same drive. So I think you draft him and hope you could trade him to somebody. But I just don't know that um, drafting to trade is the smartest option. The other guys who I do like in that range you said are available there are guys like Amari Cooper or Odell. And then in the running back, man, as soon as you said David Johnson... I almost just jumped in there and said, just draft him, because I think at this point that's what I would do. Yeah, exactly, and that's why I was talking about Bell and Johnson even before those guys in our second round, because yeah. I think 
I, I like Johnson over Bell as well. I think Johnson is a, is a really good pick here. Because I, I think this will showcase how much wider seven depth there really is when we go running back, running back, running back. Well, I can't believe we're going to do this. Pull the trigger on that. Let's just see what comes up. Because now, uh, now it gets interesting. Yeah, and that is the thing. You, you have to worry that you, you don't want to ever be caught into a situation. And that's kind of what we've done. Um, so we feel like we definitely have to go wide receiver now. But that's why... You know, we only said that he, you know we were going running back, running back because we gave ourselves the option of what we could do in that third round. It wasn't a guarantee. Whereas we felt like Johnson was the best way to go, and you know now we can sort of have a look. And you know, there's a couple of guys straight away that, that fell to us at wide receiver that I'm happy with. Um, Ty Hilton, who I've talked about, um, he was one of my values. I do worry about his injuries and stuff like that, but I do think Rivers being there and if he's healthy. I've got no issue. I think he gets the amount of points to be a one. Um, I do, we do have Stefan Dix here too. And I, don't get me wrong, I'm not high on him. Stefan Dix will be a good receiver. And I think he, he's definitely going to be the one. He's going to be ahead of Brown and Beasley. Those guys might take some uh, looks off him, but he's definitely one guy I would look at too. Yeah, look, I don't think I've really ever owned Stefan Dix anywhere. And that's probably a me problem. Because uh, you know what Stefan Diggs is really good at doing is just tracking the high deep ball, and you know what Josh Allen can't do is throw. He can throw a deep ball, but he can't throw an accurate one. And it's, he's now going to have a guy who knows how to track and get under it. And Josh Allen throws four deep balls, even if one, uh, three of them get intercepted. That one that Stefan Diggs catches is probably going to be worth eighty yards, you know? <laughs> and maybe a touchdown. It's so, a thirteen you point play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got uh, what fourteen and a half points right there. So it's, it's not the best offense that I want my wide receiver one to be playing for. I think the Colts' offense will be better. Um, they're in a tough division. I guess the Texans are probably taking a step back too. But um, I think playing the Titans, the Texans who can sling it, they might be down in some games. Uh, I actually project them to be equal first, if not second. I think they're actually going to have a good year in that division still. Uh, but I think they will have a very predominant passing game. Um, yeah, look. Well, gun to your head, man. What are you going to do? Gun to your head. I think I'm going to go T.Y. Just because yeah. I've talked him up as value. And I, I've always said that I like him as a one. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and go with it. Um, this is it. Make your call and live and die by it, man. This is it. This it's, Call your shot. Do it. Done. So some more players that have fallen to us. I... In a lot of drafts, if Ronald Jones has been there and he's the next up, I've actually taken him. Cause really? I, yeah, I've, you know, you go through the preseason and you have some worries and you have concerns and you, you know, you stat a guy out in a certain way and then you sort of look at it and you think, you know what, I'm actually more keen on that guy now than I was earlier. Ronald Jones is one of those guys. I, I've just always felt like Brady going in there is going to be good for the running back. You've, you've got to worry, don't get me wrong, that Keyshawn Vaughn being there, you know, it's a little bit murky. It seems like he's the one. I just feel like whoever's the running back in that team is going to get a pretty huge uptick on last year. I just think they're going to run the ball more. They're not going to be down in games like they were last year as much with Jameis. Um, I'm not saying we should go him here because obviously we're set up as three running backs and one, one right receiver. Uh, I'm just saying, in general, if, if Ronald Jones is there for me for some extra depth, I'm often going to take him. The guys in wide receiver, Jarvis Landry, Marquise Brown, Julian Edelman, Marvin Jones, and then Will Fuller, who me and you definitely 
definitely don't like. And then you've got Brandon Cooks behind that. I just wanted to talk about Ed Alden a bit because I actually like him over a lot of those guys. I am all over Brandon Cooks this year. If he is anywhere near position to go next, I, I'm, I'm all over him. I, I just think the guy is going to get a lot of Hopkins looks from last year. Deshaun Watson is not going to die wondering if the team is struggling early. He's just going to pass it more and more. I know you're going to say that that's a worry for David Johnson, but he's not going anywhere either. Yeah, I think um, I know that Julian Edelman is sort of being looked at at the moment. He's been discarded like he's nothing. And I think there's a lot of people who just forget that we're not getting some, you know, noob second-year quarterback who no one's ever heard of before moving that team around the field. We're getting 2015 MVP Cam Newton, who's maybe not going to be 2015 MVP level Cam Newton. But, you know, it's a guy who's proven he can run an NFL offense and he's going to be playing for a, a coach who won't let him be anything other than brilliant. So this is going to be interesting because we diverge a little bit here. You're probably saying what I needed to hear because I have no qualms taking Edelman at all. I just... I have this worry that I'm going to see someone else take Brandon Cooks and he's going to start scoring 27s, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's just that guy... He's a my guy. Put it that way. He's yeah. the guy that I'm going to be frustrated seeing on other people's teams. And because he's about sixth ranked left, I could see him... You know, if you're playing the draft game, you would 100% go Edelman because he's ranked higher. He's definitely being ranked lower than I believe he should. So I have absolutely no issues of him as one too. Yeah. Um, if anything, you could almost swap what we've done and consider Edelman your one, who's the solid guy, solid base, and then T.Y. is probably your two. I know we haven't drafted it that way. But you could see it that way in terms of T.Y. might even be the one that you draft, uh, sorry, you know, sub in and out based off matchups. So I'm going to, I don't know if you just heard my little outburst there. Oh, I did. This is your boner for Brandon Cooks being deflated, right? Because someone took him, right? Literally was the pick before us. That is so sad. With the biggest smirk on my face you could ever have. And all of a sudden he went with the 89th pick and we have 90. No way. Yeah, it's dirt. So you got to get you got to get used to some absolute dirty pigs killing your life. So you know that's the world that's the world we live in. Killing our um, life. Brandon Cooks was going to be our wide receiver three. I don't think our life yeah. is bad at all. <laughs> no, it isn't. And there's some other guys I'll, I'll be stacked. I'll be going pretty wide receiver heavy um, moving on because I feel like we've we've set up running back really well. So I'm staying away from running back, definitely. Just the guys I'm looking at just don't really fill me with anything. Because the tier it's into is J.K. Dobbins, Tariq Cohen, Tevin Coleman, Marlon Mack. So here's my question, because you and I are both um, very coy in terms of uh, QBs and tight ends. Yep. Um, I'm seeing it a lot of different ways, and it depends to me how everything falls. So if Brandon Cooks obviously was here, I would have taken him. But because the guy I like next in wide receiver is 10th ranked left, this is actually where I would consider looking at QB or tight end only because of that. Yeah. I'll just read some of those because obviously neither of us normally do this. But, yeah, who's the top um, three at each? So QB's Wentz, Spree, Stafford. Tight end's Cook, Hurst, Gesicki. I don't like Cook or Gesicki. And when I say that, I don't mind them as a late dart throw, but I would definitely not be taking them here. I think Hayden Hurst is a tier above. Oh, really? um, he's going to get all Austin Hoover's work. 
I was starting to see why you get Breeze a fair bit in drafts over time, that you just wind up with him a lot. I'm kind of starting to see why. You know, you get the strategy together where you just fill these skill guys up and then all of a sudden, okay, none of these guys are appealing. Who's the quarterbacks? Oh, Drew Breeze is there. I'd probably, for me, I would probably just go Breeze here. Yeah, so it's not my drive either. You know, 90% of my mock drafts, I'm ending up, I'm actually going tight end real late. Like, I'm going tight end behind defense. I'm going to go Breeze here. I just wanted to point out Hurst because it actually makes more sense because there is a tight end later I wanted to talk about and sort of talk about a certain situation with tight ends. So let's let's go Breeze and then we can talk about that later. And let's hope Sanders doesn't go. And if he goes one before me, I'm hanging up. I was also thinking about that too, that, okay, so we've got Sanders kind of, you know, circled for later, and that if Sanders is still there, and we've just picked up Breeze, all of a sudden we've got this unlikely stack where then if T.Y. Hilton does have a big injury concern through the year, and we see him sort of have a year like last year, it was kind of a bit of a lost season, then we've kind of got an insurance policy against that, and it's kind of then born in with this wonderful organic little stack that was kind of just accidentally manufactured. Um, Sanders got to us, by the way, so I'm not even talking. Well, I think we can just slam dunk that one and move on. We've already talked about him, too. We've got this on, yep. on lock, man. There was only about three people in front of him, too, by then. So that's a, that's a lock. Yeah, so it just puts um, him right in the value range for us. And that's that's seven rounds done now. I've got a quarterback, three running backs, three wide receivers. We're feeling pretty good. So what I what I like, too, is... Because I've talked to you before about the fact that Jalen Rager is going higher than Deshaun Jackson. When I see Rager as the next up on the deck, I know in my mind that's probably the time to get Deshaun. So, <laughs> you know, because Rager's next up on deck and you've got guys like Preston Williams, Jerry Judy, Nicole Hardman, Justin Jefferson, Nikhil Harry, they're all... Like, there's a guy next who I actually like over all those and it's not even... Um, Deshaun, even though I believe we should take Deshaun here. I, I like Rashad Perryman. Dan Darnold, I think, is actually going to take a huge step forward this year. And the team actually had a lot better record than people realise. Um, I don't know, I just believe in general that team's going to be better. I think Perryman is going to be the two on that team, but he has the potential to have some weeks where he's one. But I could not talk up Deshaun Jackson anymore. But I... It's going to be hard-pressed for you to to uh, bring up someone else on that list that uh, excites me more than Deshaun Jackson as a dart thrower. Yeah, I've got to imagine this point, the, the guys who would be on that little list of running backs who are pretty unimpressive specimens, and I'm really, really happy to take a guy here who can just score you 20 points any week out of nowhere, and you might only have to start in that one week, and he puts up your 20. I mean, he might also put up two. But it's the difference between, you know, if you're playing somebody who's got a pretty high projection or has got a pretty good record in the league and you just need a win and it's a week where you're missing your wide receiver too, for instance, on a bye, and you just need a guy for a spot start who could just throw up a big score and put you in a contest against the number one or two seed in the league, That's the, this is the perfect guy to take as your wide receiver for for that reason. Oh, and I've mentioned before, like, he's the guy that if I take here... He's a legitimate chance of starting on my team week one. I'll, I'll give you the running backs, because you obviously mentioned that it left, just to sort of earmark what we're doing here. Carry yep. um, on Johnson. Daryl Henderson is just going to be in a timeshare. Um, Madison, you'd only take him if you had Cook. Duke Johnson, back up. Adrian Peterson, Jesus Christ. How many people have they got at running back at the moment? Uh, Tony Pollard, you know, back up to Zeke. You know, you're in handcuff territory at the moment, so... 
I, I really don't see how we're not taking Deshaun Jackson, and I'm taking him. I think if, if I was given this exact set of decision-making points and I was on the clock for reals, I'd just take Carryon Johnson on the back that there's no reason why he couldn't just be the starter in what's going to be a fairly bad team, but he was he was getting targets in the passing game. Oh, and that, would, that was the only guy that yep. you would even really look at. And, oh, agreed. Well, let future um, future thinking Matty C jump in here for a second to say what I where the pull for me would be with carry on to is that I may never even start him, but if he's just doing enough and he's not getting hurt, he's the sort of guy you package with a guy like Sanders and you trade him away to get a guy like Devontae Adams off a team who needs a starter. You can give him two starters then and you can get a premiumization. That's that's the appeal for me is future trade Matty's already thinking about that. I'd be DMing you faster than you could blink if your running back went down and I had carry on and, and Emmanuel Sanders. Exactly. And my, my boy Rashad Perryman made it back. Uh, there's some other guys we've mentioned slightly behind him now that have sort of come into consideration. You and I have talked about Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman Jr. Like we're yeah. both pretty, pretty high on them in terms of the position they're being drafted at. Um, I'm slightly higher on Pittman, you're slightly higher on Campbell, but I think we both like either of them. You know, if one of them went before us, we'd probably just take the other one. Probably, um, yeah. I think we've even talked to Waterbed about that, you know, stay tuned. Um, but yeah, we need to sort that one like out. We'll, we'll decide how passionate we are <laughs> in the coming weeks. I think people are starting to take wide receiver in the actual, like, in the mock draft. I would consider going one of the indie guys just because they're a backup to TY, who we've already got. You know, if TY goes down, their value goes through the roof, and we've got them. If we didn't have TY, I probably wouldn't worry about it. I'd probably go Perryman. But I'm thinking we'd go either Pittman or Campbell here. What, what do you reckon? So we're talking about a wide receiver five and an absolute insurance yeah. policy, pretty much. And we've got a lot of luxury to do that because we've still got three really solid running backs. And I'm, I've got comfort level in doing that. And you can probably pick whichever one you want because you or I can argue over something here that, you know, I'm not sure how passionate either of us are about it. But you know what? If we just removed TY from the universe and decided we had to pick one or the other, I think that would get really interesting. Exactly. And I like your call about Campbell already having a year. You know, he's not the rookie. Pittman is. If you wanted a guy to fill in earlier in the season, I'd go Campbell. But if you're looking for that guy that at the end of the year could actually be a guy you could start, I think it's Pittman. So, I mean, I've got controls here, so I'm taking Pittman. Well, look, given that rationale, let's take Pittman because we're going to say... Look, if Campbell's already got value, no worries, but Pittman probably stands to grow so much value. Let's just do that. We've already gone QB. I'm just sort of looking at rounds for round 10 out of 13. I'll run you through tight ends. And yeah. sort of the point I made that you can get a tight end right literally last pick if you wanted to. We'll probably go kicker last. But you got Noah Fan, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, Jono Smith. So I've got a bunch of guys I like, and not one of them is those guys. <laughs> QBs, uh, we went one, but I thought I'd just mention that there's Jones, Goff, Newton for people that are looking at a QB late. Yep. Uh, defense, Buffalo. I would, act, I would, con- I would contemplate them here, not because, like I said, yeah, tight, I we're too. not going to have to worry about um, kicker. We're going to go last, so that's our last two rounds. And I think um, the other position we're looking to fill is probably whatever running back to fill our fourth spot. I think it, it, to go into the season with only three, probably a little reckless, you know. So we're probably also looking at a running back somewhere along the way here. If you had some real, um, you know, it's, it's some, some real passion towards either picking up one of those two defenses that are a little bit of a cut above everyone else, Chicago or, or, or Buffalo, I'd roll there. 
but I'll probably pick up one of the one of the tight ends or one of the defenses, and I don't have a huge amount of passion for either. I'll I'll step in and just let's say let's go defense because I wanted to speak quickly at the end about tight ends. So yep. um, I say we just go with Bills or Bears. I'm going to probably slide it towards the uh, Bills because I think that whole division isn't going to be high scoring this year. So we're in around eleven or thirteen pretty sad everywhere else but we're going to definitely go tight end and kicker in our last two rounds so here's where you could look at a, a sort of, I suppose a dart throw running back to sort of shore that up uh, you got guys like Darrington Evans that I spoke with that'll probably be the third down back for the Titans Chris Thompson I reckon he'll actually get some looks at the Jags Bernard running back Cincinnati yeah not too keen on that uh, then you're getting real down Malcolm Brown I guess you never actually know he could actually be the starter of the Rams it's just all over the place there. Uh, then you've got guys like Kelly and McFarlane. Yeah, well, there's not really anything else to talk about below that. Look, I think out of all those, the one who gives you the most uh, immediate value, but also I feel like he's the sort of guy who you know would just see an increased role should somebody sort of fall over in front of him is Darrington Evans. He's as good a shot yep. as anybody, uh, so I'd have a lot of comfort taking him, but uh, feel free to sort of look wherever you like on this one. Thompson, because I think Thompson straight away would go into that lead-back role if Fournette went down. Um, Darrington Evans, I suppose, is the same, because he, he looks to me like he'll probably be the pass catcher explosive guy as well. In terms of that, I would... Look, I'm happy to go Evans. Let's, I might yeah. have one Titan on the team. Do you want to roll through these last couple of rounds? What I wanted to do and talk about here with tight end is that I reckon this is actually where you start looking at schedule. This is also where you're starting to get to the point where you're not really marrying yourself to any tight end here you're sort of probably going to start streaming them. Um, so you've got guys like Dallas Goddard, Jono Smith. I don't mind Blake Jarwin. I'll quickly just say the other guys. I won't go too in depth, but I don't mind Herndon and Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas especially because they've got Bridgewater there and he's a very accurate quarterback that likes to not throw down the field too far. Um, so I actually like him, uh, probably even a bit over Herndon, but I think yeah. they are all on the same tier. Um, the guy I'm just going to say right now is Jack Doyle. Um, there's going to be issues because he's had some, you know, he's been able to be the number one guy, even though he's had. I think Ebron being gone is going to help. He yeah. knows he's a clear one. I really one. agree. Uh, Ebron's, Ebron's not going to, you know, pilfer a lot of looks, you know, in the end zone like he did, you know, every other year. My, my thing is not so much that I believe he's any better than the others. I don't know how much you're going to like this, but you're going to understand it. They play the Jaguars first week. Yeah. So I like to look into that and go, you know what, there's some serious passing volume to be had. I've, the Jags' defense is just not going to be good. Rivers has shown um, that he will chuck to the tight end. Um, you saw with Hunter Henry last year that you know he, he has no issues chucking to his tight end, and I believe... Oh, look, we know, had 38 I, years of Philip Rivers throwing touchdown passes to Antonio Gates, too. I mean, let's not forget that yeah, four decades of passing exactly. touchdowns. <laughs> Oh, yeah. These are all plug and play guys. You know, these are all just spare parts on a shelf waiting to just go in like a spark plug into a lawnmower. I'm, I'm really, really happy that Jack Doyle would be the guy. Exactly. And like, like I said, I thought Hurst um, is the only 
one guy that was left at that time a few rounds ago with who I'd actually be happy keeping in my tight end slot and actually playing for a fair few games in a row. That's why I thought he represented a tier uh, above these guys. Whereas of these guys now, because I've waited so long, I'm straight up streaming them. Like, I don't want to obviously use too much waiver priority up on them. I might even just leave it and see who's left without actually putting a waiver claim in for them. I, I just think that you've got to look at matchup with these guys. So, you know, especially if you've got four guys you like, you know, there's always one of them you feel like is going to have a plus matchup. Yeah, and look, our leg's not too big to stream positions in either. You can. It's a bit of a luxury to just go, you know what, every week I'm just going to go hunt tight ends and just plug in the one I want to start. A lot of weeks you've got other things that are higher priority to, to take care of, but it's not like our league's too big and there's not people left who can score you points. If what, what would your surprise level be if it turned out Jack Doyle was like the tight end six at the end of the year and you just picked him up, second last pick, like it was nothing, and then he goes out and puts 12 up in the first week has a 9 or 10 in the second week, gives you no reason to drop him by the end of the year, he's tight end 6, what would your surprise level be? I mean, for me, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. There's nothing that would surprise me less. You know, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised by almost anyone being tight end 4 to 12. Well, gee, at this point, if we've taken a tight end here, then we've only got to kick it a go. So do you want to choose your favourite kicker and just while you're doing that, read down the list of our team or we'll put a bow on this sucker? And I think with kicking analysis, I don't go too far with it. Um, kickers don't get a choice on when they go into the game and how many points they're kicking for. So, you know, there's only so much you can really analyse there. But I just sort of think, well, who's going to be maybe in the position to have the most opportunities to kick for anything? Because, like, opportunities, everything. And that, that's as far as I think. Exactly. So I'll run us through our team. Which yeah, please. I think is a pretty solid team for a 16-team league. Um, Drew Brees is our QB. Edwards, Alaire and Gurley, starting running backs. Tibor like Hilton and Julian Edelman are our wide receivers. Baby Hans Doyle is our tight end, obviously, because I spoke about the uh, the uh, upcoming schedule, or at least for week one. David Johnson's our flex. Wow. Which I think is actually quite strong. It's absurd. Bills is our defense. Gonzalez is our kicker. And then we've got Daniel Sanders, Deshaun Jackson, Michael Pippen Jr., who I think have all got really good potential. And then we've got Darrington Evans as a bit of extra running back coverage. So... Yeah, I think that's a pretty good uh, lineup for Astro League 16-team uh, comp. Yeah, I think so too, and I'd love to hear any feedback from anyone who's listening in, just to just chuck in a, a message into the thread or leave a comment under where this is posted on the Facebook page as well, just to give us a, a thought about what what you feel about this wide receiver depth strategy and how you feel this team turned out, because I think Taylor's bringing some pretty uh, interesting thinking, and I, I know you would love the feedback. Running backs, uh, sorry, as wide receivers. 
I've got my top running backs, but then I can sort of take a chance of my wide receiver two each week, and you never know, I might even be able to run one of the flex if two of them got a good matchup. So, yeah, it's just, I just feel like there's a lot of depth there, and there's a lot of people that can um, beat their ADP this year. Mate, look, I can't thank you enough for spending so much time with me and, and presenting so much stuff to the league. Good luck with your draft, too, because by the time we're publishing this, we're only about a week from draft day, man. So that's it. It's Friday. The draft is happening on Sunday. Good luck to everybody. Thanks to Taylor for spending so much time with me in these last couple of weeks to create so much content and all the other voices I've already given a little bit of a round of applause for at the top of the show. And I just want to reaffirm thanks again for all the content from these guys. And this show just wouldn't be possible and wouldn't be terribly interesting too if it was just me talking to an imaginary crowd of nobody. So thank you so much for A, listening, and B, the folks who participated for making the show something. And good luck to everybody. I hope you all come second this year. Play Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football podcast league specific news information and stats with your obnoxious commissioner maddie c